This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is a show, and facts have a stone. Should I let go? Should I let go? Should I go slow? Cause I gotta know now. It's just a tip. Welcome to another episode of Just A Tip, an advice podcast. It's equally about tangents as it is about its tips. I'm your host, Megan Mattoon, coming from Vermont, where it's absolutely pouring. So if you hear that ambiance, uh, just consider an added bonus. Today, we have life coach, podcast host, and author of The Soul Frequency, Shauna Lee here on the podcast, coming from sunny California, <laughs> to the complete opposite of where I am. We have uh, the, two, the two versions of weather that you can have, all represented in this one podcast. Yes, Shana. extremes, right? Today, yeah. together. <laughs> I am so, so excited to have you on the podcast because I think what you're all about is going to really resonate with the listeners. A lot of times on the podcast, we talk about trauma and healing and therapy, and you're just like trying to figure out how to be a person in this world and how to grow. And what I think is so interesting is that we've never really had someone come on and talk about what your expertise is. So you're an intuitive healer. And I bet a lot of people are like, what does that even mean? So could you explain what that means and and what you can do in order to help people clear what the blockages are in their lives? Yeah. So I'll equate it to like, what are the differences? People often ask me, what's the difference between therapy and intuitive healing and how do we understand each of them? And so a lot of clients that come to me have been in traditional therapy and a lot of a traditional therapy setting is you know, asking you questions to have you go deeper yourself, right? To have you ask the bigger questions or see things a little differently. A little bit what I do with intuitive healing is I'm able to see past, present, and future. And so I'm actually (gasps) awakening people to things that they are not seeing so that they literally can't see. Maybe it's things that they don't realize that happened in their past that are affecting today or things that might be possible in their future that they are not yet tuned into. So just like on a radio station, we can tune into a frequency and listen to a radio station. I can attune people's energy to what is going to be the most beneficial and the most happiest for them and help them kind of get on that frequency or that trajectory of their life. And so it's a little more interactive and it happens a little faster. People's experiences like Like it's like, we're not talking about the same thing for a year. It's just like things get cleared and the path opens up. That makes so much sense because I think, well, for being in therapy for so long, it's, it's taking a lot 
of time to, in order to get to somewhere where I can see what's going on from a different part of my life. It's like almost like when you watch a movie in your childhood and then you watch it when you're an adult and you go, oh, I thought completely different things about this. I relate to different people. I now understand where they're coming from. And it's almost like seeing your, your life in a movie. But what you're saying is with, um, I get with intuitive healing that you can kind of like, it's almost like the, um, the trailer of the movie, but you also get the ending. Yes. Like you get the spoilers, you get everything. Yeah. Fast track. Oh, that's so fascinating. What brought you into that work? Um, I just, I awakened the gift at a certain point in my life. So this was something I had as a child. Um, but I was kind of freaked out by it because nobody else experienced life in that way. So once I realized my parents couldn't see what I saw and they couldn't experience life the way I did, I was like, maybe I shouldn't be you know, seeing these things. Like I was seeing multidimensionality. So I had two spirit friends when I was a small child that played with me and lived with me and were with me from the time I can remember. But then when I realized that no one else could see them, it was literally like a sitcom movie, right? Like my mom would go over to sit on the couch and I'm like, you're gonna sit on him. Like what's wrong with you, right? Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. And, and then I, you know, got into school and got friends and I just kind of let go of being able to see because I didn't want to feel strange or weird or whatever. And went through my life, like any normal human being. And the interesting thing is when I got pregnant with my son was when really the door opened back up. So something about his energy in my belly, um, it was like reconnected me to who I was as a kid and what I could experience. And um, then went through like a lot of really personal changes about my reality has completely changed how I see the world, how I see myself. And now I'm either going to live a lie and keep living the life that I built, or I'm going to make changes and live a life in alignment. And so, you know, I had guide people a lot through waking up to something in their life and realizing this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Or I'm not supposed to be in this relationship or in this career or whatever it may be that wakes us up. And then how to really build a life that is in alignment with who you are and where you're growing. And so that was very much my own personal journey. Wow. When you say alignment, I remember one time in therapy, she, my therapist had asked me how I felt. And for some reason, I've never used the word alignment in my life. And I just started crying and I was like, I feel aligned. And she was like, that's what I was going to say as well. So, but I still don't really fully know what that means, even though that it came from my own mouth and that's how I truly felt. When you say alignment, what does that actually mean? What are the components of alignment? So it's a great question. All these different ways, and this is like how my intuitive gift works. So there's all these different ways that we make choices and live our life that are not in alignment with our soul self, right? We can make choices because our mom wants us to, or our husband wants us to, or a boyfriend or whatever it may be. Or we make choices because society thinks this is better than what we truly want in our heart. And many times people build their whole life around these choices that are not soul driven. They're not our truth. And so what happens when I look into someone's life and I see all of these choices or these ways that someone is living that is just not their best and highest and it's not in alignment with who they truly are, it causes like literally a dissonant energy. Like if you were to play a guitar tone that sounds awful and is off key and your ears are like, oh, this is horrible. That's what it causes in our in our body, basically. And so a lot of things result in that, namely many times addictive behaviors, many times um, checking out, disassociating. Like we just do a lot of behaviors as human beings to not feel the misalignment. 
Like, I don't want to feel how bad I feel in my life because this is not my soul self. And so I'm going to do all these behaviors. Of course, we're not usually conscious of it that take me out of feeling bad. Right. And when you start to build a life that's in alignment, it feels like you probably know, like everything is like, oh, this is who I am. And this is what I want to bring into the world. And I feel so self-expressed and I feel so authentic and it feels so good that the rest of the stuff falls away that doesn't. Right. Yeah. Authenticity is, I think, one of the main things I'm working on in my life right now. And I think that was the forefront emotion when I had said alignment, because it is like, it is very hard because we inherit all of these traits from our our family and they inherited it from their parents. So we've got this multi-generational kind of like, it just doesn't like, it's not for us because it wasn't from us. It's us who we are, you know, it's from our lineage, but that's not who we were. And we're all just kind of adopting or inheriting these traits that really aren't helpful to us. And it takes so much work in order to find what is for us. And I'm wondering for the people that are not in therapy or have, or maybe even are scared of the word energy, because you know, that there's so much with that, that like, since there's so many people that are like science driven, which I know also in intuitive healing, there is science backed material for it. But like, what could you tell people that are, I don't want to say like they're blind to it, but maybe that people that don't want to take that step into knowing who they truly are because of the fear of what they might find. Yeah. I have to say that really at the crux of everything, like if you have ever heard of like root cause medicine in holistic health, like they can say things like, we want to get to the root cause of what's really going on instead of just treating the symptoms. And really a lot of what I'm doing is getting to the root cause of people's life, right? Like what has caused you to live the life that you're living? And the one thing that when you peel back all the layers you are going to get to is the fear. Because the only reason we would live in disharmony is because our fear of how to get into harmony and what that's going to mean in our life. Meaning, am I going to need to change things, right? And I always talk about the dirty C word. <laughs> I wrote about it in my book quite a bit because, you know, change is is tough for human beings. Like we tend to steer clear of change and we, we also tend to steer clear of our fear. Like we don't want to feel it. So we'll do just about anything to not have to feel the fear. And yet there's some really important perspective shifts that people need to have around it so that they can move forward, right? And really get to know themselves and get to know the life that they want to live. I mean, we have, when you look at it, a relatively short amount of time to have this human experience, right? As Shauna or Megan or whoever is listening. Um, and why not enjoy that? Why not have it be everything you want it to be? I mean, why would we want to sell ourselves short of really being fully self-expressed. And so when you get rooted in that, you can start having some courage with the fear and maybe changes that will happen over time. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with a friend about the matrix and we were like, would you take the red pill and would you take the blue pill? And a lot of my friends were like, no, we would just like live the lie because it's just easy and it's there. I'm like, but wouldn't you want to know everything? And it's, it is very very fearful. But I mean, I think that's the whole thing of like, do what scares you to get where you've never been essentially. But my question that I really want to get into, so you work with frequencies and as much as I, I'm so into all of it, I want to ask questions 
that maybe other people might be thinking. So is there a scale of frequency? So can you like, can you see a higher frequency only when you're there? Like you said, the, the radio analogy. And then is it fluid? Like once you get to that frequency, can something happen to bring you down to a lower frequency and then you're not vibrating at that energy anymore? Yeah. So we can have things happen in our lives, certainly that it's usually on an emotional level is a great way to understand it. So when we are being triggered by things like shame or guilt or sadness or fear, when we're in the, in the, I call it the vortex of that, meaning when something happens that scares you, it's like you get pulled into this circular, like emotional vortex, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. And it starts spiraling sometimes. Like it gets worse and worse, right? Like I'm feeling more afraid and more afraid. Um, and so we get pulled into those and they're really just energy vortexes, right? Of emotional feeling. And that lowers our frequency, right? We're going to feel bad, like not be happy, not feel joyous when we have those experiences. When the best thing in the world happens to you, you're going to feel super high vibe. Like everybody's had moments where they touch on, I call it our divinity, like how divine life really is, where you're just having the best thing happen to you. Like maybe you won an award or you are falling in love with somebody, right? You could barely eat because you're just so excited to be with this person. Um, those are these high moments where we are connected to a higher energy and we just are never taught how to maintain that, right? We're never taught that that's possible to live at that higher energy consistently or how to even maintain that. So it feels like we have these blips of moments where that happens. Um, to your question about, you know, raising your frequency and can you experience other frequencies? Yes. Typically people, I, I like to use the analogy of a building because it's very linear, but it illustrates what I'm going to say. So let's say most people are living on floor one of the building and that's all they know that it exists, right? It's like, I live on the first floor. I look out the window. I see the stump of a tree planted, you know, in the sidewalk, that type of thing. And so I have that vantage point and I see it every day. Now there might be other people that live on floor two or three or five or even floor 10. And when they look out the window, they don't see the tree, right? If I'm living on floor 10, I'm seeing like rooftops and I'm seeing clouds. And so if I don't know that there are other floors that exist and someone says, what's reality? I'm like, it's clouds, it's rooftops. And if I ask the same question, to the person on floor one, they're like, there's trees planted outside and I see the sidewalk. And so when we exist at different frequencies, we literally see life differently. So this is, here's a great example. Like maybe you go home for the holidays and see, you know, your, your uncle or your aunt or a parent, and you think very expansively or you're into personal development and you start talking at the Thanksgiving table or something about, oh my gosh. And I learned this and they're just looking at you like, what in the world? Like, yes. what are you talking about? Right? Because they're right. at a different frequency. So how does one deal with that, especially if they're in close quarters with someone like a relationship or a coworker or family? How does one that's a, at a different frequency still have a relationship with other people that are maybe even committed to being at the frequency that they exist at? Yeah, it's a great question. I call it frequency gaps. I write about it extensively in my book, um, but the skinny on it is that this is the one thing that really holds people back from changing because when we start to feel that gap with someone else, when we start to feel like we're no longer seeing life the same, when maybe before they were our best friend or we saw life exactly like them, but now you're evolving and you're starting to see things differently, it makes the person evolving uncomfortable 
to have that gap, right? And so we do all kinds of things like like bringing our energy back down to make someone else feel comfortable, or we we don't really talk about what matters to us so that other people feel okay in the conversation. We generally want to be loved and accepted by the people in our life, and we don't want to feel different. And so one of the things I talk about many like things that you can start doing to start allowing there to be space and helping the other person to align to a higher energy too, without directly saying to them, you need to be at a higher energy because that never works. Right. Yeah. Whoa. So when people want to advance their frequency, like if they want to climb the ladder of the frequency, the frequency ladder, if you will. Um, what, what do, what, what practical things can people do to start that journey aside from getting your book or working with you? Like, what are some things that any normal person could do just to, yeah, start the work? Yeah, there's a lot you can do yourself. And it really begins with the awareness piece, which is where in my life does it feel like nails on a chalkboard? Mm. What doesn't feel good in my life? Like, do I not want to get up every day and go to the job I have? Cause I, that feels miserable. Um, even am I treating my body well? Like, do I know I should be like taking walks at night or going, you know, and exercising, but I'm not doing it. Am I not feeding myself? Well, am I in a relationship that's unhealthy and somewhere inside of me, I know that something needs to change. I mean, these are the things, the major things that we need to look out in our life and, and say, maybe this was good for me five years ago, but it's not good for me today because I'm growing and I'm always expanding. And just by consciously becoming aware of the things that feel like nails on a chalkboard, you're going to, you can even write it in a journal or just, just be honest with yourself. Like those things are then going to start to evolve just because you are paying attention. Meaning like you might have weird synchronicities that start happening around that, or you might start seeing signs of like, you know what, this relationship isn't working and day in and day out, there's more and more kind of things that you're registering as like, I think this is a sign that I'm going to need to move on. Right. So you will start to, what you're doing is you're saying to your higher consciousness, I am willing to understand this more at this time. When you acknowledge something, you are actually bringing in more information about that topic or that area of your life. Just by noticing it, the universe then goes, oh, she's ready to evolve or he's ready to evolve. Wow. It's like quantum mechanics. Like when you observe something, then you can see it. Uh, that's so fascinating. I want to ask you a question, Shana, because every time I talk to my closest friends about this and every time that I feel a little stagnant, I go on this thing called a quest for knowledge and I write down a bunch of stuff that I want to learn about, whether it's like classic films or like old school rock, like things that I just, history, things that I can't remember or just wasn't exposed to when I was younger. And every time I do that, I like, I don't really see many people. I come home from work and I watch all these movies and listen to every audiobook that I can find. And every time that I decide that that's what I'm going to do, I always meet a guy and we end up dating. Like it happens every single time. Do you think that's me actively um, graduating in my frequency? Yeah. So basically like we live in kind of, I call it our comfort box, right? Our, our current reality and what we think is possible and who exists in our world. And so when you start to 
even just want to learn about a new topic or try something new, what you're doing is you're energetically stepping outside of your comfort box, which is going to naturally bring new opportunities, new people, new things into your life. So your attractor beam, right? Your energetic energetic attractor beam that is who you are is sending out a bigger frequency than the box you were in before. And that's going to naturally draw things into your life. So I always tell people like, you know, we're so used to thinking everything is hard work. And what's interesting about energy is it's more about awareness and surrender, because when you start to get your energy aligned and you start to get really clear in your life, you're just going to draw towards you the right opportunities. You're going to literally magnetize things into your life instead of chasing after things or trying hard to do certain things. It's going to just flow into your life and your job is just to allow it to flow in. Right. So basically manifestation at the true sense of the word. My question is coming from seeing this ubiquitously on the internet of like speaking things to into existence and manifestation being a buzzword. I think that personally, any of the people that I've seen being like, I'm going to speak this into existence and just saying it out loud is not truly believing it and therefore not raising the frequency. So all the people that have like tried to manifest something that's never come to fruition, would you say it's because they're, they're saying it, but their soul isn't matching what they're saying? Yeah, well, a lot of times people are approaching manifestation from the mental plane. So, I mean, great mindset is great and and wanting to manifest from the mental plane is great. It's just not the most powerful plane of being to manifest from. So what's fascinating that many people don't realize is that our emotional plane, so we have a physical a mental, an emotional, and an energetic slash spiritual plane of being. And our emotional plane of being is the one that people are the least comfortable with for the most part. We are taught, not taught about our emotions very much in life or in school. And yet that is the plane of being that really carries the highest possibility for manifestation. So what's interesting is, yes, we're going to think thoughts and we should think positive thoughts, but the spark and the fuel for the thoughts is the emotion that's behind it. So when we want something in life and we get then excited about that and we're having thoughts about it and we're getting excited about it, those two things together are what pops something into a three-dimensional reality. So this is again, quantum science. Um, But we tend to cut ourselves off from our emotions. We don't want to feel, we get taught, you know, don't cry, don't get mad, don't feel this way from the time we're little. And so we get very used to cutting off our emotions. And when we're cutting off our emotions, we're also cutting off our ability to manifest. Yeah. Wow. That's so insane that we've grown up pretty much tailored to not do something that is inherently only helpful. And well, I guess it's because of survival. Like back in the day when the real threats were being eaten by a bear, it was like, okay, turn your emotions off and run. So that is unfortunate that we brought that archaic mentality that's like still in our bones all the way till now. And I I do think that in, we're in 2020 now, and I do think that people are starting to wake up to the fact that feelings are necessary and they are allowed. And we're normalizing not only men feeling things, but women being less that we need to be so authoritative and more grounded in our femininity. And I think that's so beautiful 
what would you say to people that maybe are still scared of feeling the feelings of like, maybe they know that people have said, you've got to feel your feelings and then it'll, you'll, you know, once you feel your feelings and everything will be better. We've been told that, but what about the people that are still on the side of, I would rather not feel my feelings because I don't, I don't even want to see the other side of that. So it's just understanding that feelings are like an emotional bell curve. So the the fear around feelings is if I really started feeling my sadness or I really started feeling my anger, um, people wouldn't love me. They wouldn't accept me. They wouldn't care about me. And it'll go on forever. Like if I were to start crying, I'll probably cry forever because I'm sad about so many different things and I'll get lost in my emotions. So we generally feel like we don't have time to feel. And the interesting thing is that emotion only lasts about 30 to 60 seconds, one emotion. You can have several in a row, um, but there's a bell curve to it. So when you feel the emotion coming on, it's going to get heightened and it's going to peak at a certain point, right? So you'll be like really belly crying or really getting angry. You know, maybe you're yelling at that point. And you can only maintain that peak for a certain amount of time before you're going to come down the other side of that bell curve and then it's going to taper off. And maybe you've had the experience before where you've cried so hard that you can't cry anymore. You're just like, I'm all cried out, right? I have no more tears right now for anything. Um, that's, That's how you know you've completed an emotional cycle. It will just naturally resolve and end because again, emotion is energy and that energy just needs to move out of your body. So it helps people that feel fearful to realize this is actually a very short amount of time that you're going to feel something. And there is a beginning, middle and end to feeling something. And then it clears out of your body and you never have to process that again. When we don't feel our feelings, we store the emotion in our body. And then we are doing again, all kinds of behaviors to suppress that emotion as we move through life, right? Addictive behaviors, all kinds of things. And so really it's like, oh, I can just basically take a shower, so to speak, and move this stuff out of my body and it's gone. Like I won't have to deal with that emotion again. Wow. That's a really good way of putting it, of taking a shower. It's like taking an emotional shower. I love exactly. That. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What what do you do in order to start feeling your feelings? Like, for example, I don't think I'm an angry person at all. And I've gone through a couple personal development seminars of people telling me, like, you're very angry. They tell the whole room that. And they're like, let your anger out. Like, we, we are taught to repress our anger, especially, I mean, I think now anger is a little bit more accessible because we're being told that it's okay finally. But after so many years of being like, you're like, don't be mad, don't raise your voice. Obviously there's good stuff about that too, of like being a respectable human. But how do you start feeling your feelings if you feel like you don't have them? Or like for me personally, I don't feel angry, but I'm sure I've got so much anger. So how would I start feeling an emotion that's maybe so repressed or maybe I just can't see it. Yeah. So again, we in our culture are taught to be very mentally strong. Like the mental plane is where our culture really likes to exist and the physical too, but really the mental, like we are celebrated for being smart, right. Or doing things on the mental plane. And so the mental plane is a great gatekeeper of our emotional self. The mental plane will talk you out of your emotions. It will keep those emotions at bay. Um, And so when we are strong on the mental plane, we have a lot of belief sets around emotions and we, we tend to, like I can actually see somebody when we start to talk about emotions, I can see uh, their energy flip to the mental plane. It's like, it's like a preset flip, right? Where they just go boop to the mental plane and then they're going to intellectualize it or conceptualize it. Right. And so it's, it's like anything in life, like learning to ride a bike. You don't just get on the bike and ride, you just practice. And one of the things you can do is close your eyes and, and really envision your energy in your mind and how it, you know, how your energy just goes in your head and starts circling. Like when you're thinking or working on a project, you want to envision that energy. You want to close your eyes and you want to drop the energy down into your heart space. You want to imagine it's like you're closing down your mind and you're shutting off the gears and you're bringing that energy just down into your heart. And then you're allowing that energy to just expand your heart space. So if you, if you pictured there were doors on the front of your heart, just opening up, right? your heart so that that light can come out and expand. We just want to practice moving our energy from our head to our heart space, right? Because that's where we can really unlock, right? Our emotions and our feelings. And so sometimes when people say you're not feeling your emotions, we go right into our head about where are my emotions? I got to feel my emotions. Where do I find them? Right. And it's all on the mental plane. So our emotions are a felt experience. They are not about thinking, And so we need to start knowing how to localize our energy and our body into our heart space where we actually feel life. And so for people to ask me too, how to, how to open up your intuition, how to feel more connected to your intuition, all of that happens on the emotional plane. All of that happens in the heart space. So it just begins with no pressure on yourself, just totally having fun with it and saying, well, I'm learning to ride a bike here. So I'm just going to practice bringing my energy into my heart space. When you start, again, giving yourself permission to do that, like you will start having events happen in your life or things happen in your life or awarenesses come up where you start to then have more access to your emotional self. So you might all of a sudden when you start practicing this, have a memory of something 
when you were a child that happened that you haven't thought about in years that reminds you, maybe you were really throwing a temper tantrum and you were very mad as a kid. And all of a sudden you have this memory and you're like, oh my gosh, I remember being angry like that. Like I remember how mad I was. And then I remember that my dad got mad at me, right? For that. And my dad was like, do not behave this way and do not do this. And I felt like, oh, right? Like I, I caught my breath and I was like, oh, I can't, I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't feel this way, right? So our consciousness will always follow our desire to grow. And if we if we practice, right? Relocalizing our energy in our body, like there will be little things that come up that start leading you closer to that. At some point on the journey, sometimes people go, well, I, I'm to a point where now I need support on this or to talk to somebody about this. But the beginning stages, anyone listening can start to do that every day and just practice and just see what steps into your reality. Or you might have like somebody come into your life and they make you really mad right? And in that moment, you're like, oh, I wanted to get in touch with my anger. And here shows up this person, right? That causes me to be really angry so that I could get to know my anger. Wow. So if you are setting out to get in touch with your anger, then someone may come into your life. Or are you saying if someone comes into your life, that is your subconscious's way of inviting into that space that you're kind of um, being closed off to? It can happen either way. Once you sit down, let's say you say, I have an intention to really get to know my anger, right? To see my anger and to get to know my anger. You're going to then be aware of anywhere that someone triggers your anger or anything in your life. Like if someone were to walk into your life or you to have a situation where anger, you feel the anger in your body. And sometimes anger feels like kind of like a heat coming up from your legs, like up towards your head, like you can feel it rising. Um, and most people are uncomfortable with that feeling. So they try to shut off that sensation in their body, but anything that happens in your life, because you consciously asked for it, you're going to go, Oh, well, there's my anger, right? You're going to know like, yes, this was brought into my world so I can experience this, which by the way, when you start consciously asking for things and you start noticing what gets, what naturally comes into your world to teach you about yourself, you step out of drama, really, because we, when we, when we don't see the bigger picture, we just get caught up in the drama that happens in life. When we understand that we're consciously choosing to learn things about ourselves, and that those things then step into our life, we just have an entirely different perspective on that. We're just like, oh, right. Like this is my teacher. This person that's making me so mad is my teacher who's showing me my anger, right? And once I get comfortable with my anger, I'm gonna start to be able to unlock the door to seeing more anger and to seeing where that resides in me and when it happened when I was younger and what I was taught about it. And, you know, anger, especially for women, um, anger is a socially unacceptable emotion for women, just like crying is a socially unacceptable emotion for men. And so women tend to take their anger and funnel it into sadness and men take their sadness and funnel it into anger because it's acceptable for them to express in those ways. And so what happens in those cases is that women have a lot of pent up anger that's that they haven't looked at and men have a lot of pent up sadness that they haven't looked at. That makes so much sense. I mean, one of the seminars, they were like, let out the anger. And I remember saying, I am not angry. I'm just so sad. 
And that's crazy to hear you say that because that was me subconsciously being like my mental space taking over the fact that I didn't want to like face that at that time. And also when you're talking about facing the anger and then it coming into your life, I'm such a results oriented person, which I'm working on, but it's almost like, well, how long is this going to happen before I can even say, yes, let's do it. Do you have a lot of clients that are like that? Yeah. And that's the, that's the beauty of the mental plane, right? The mental plane is like, I'm linear. I have a timeline. Let's get this thing done. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've got a dinner at seven 30. Yeah. Is that going to take this long? Can, we Can I cry up? from six to six 30 and then still have time to put on my makeup and make it to dinner? Right. Like, <laughs> Scheduled like, in my Google cow. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's how it occurs. Right. And so, you know, healing is not a linear process like healing. There are there is not, if you heal, like, let's say you heal a relationship in your life, that energy of healing goes to all other areas of your life. So sometimes people say, well, I just have a problem with work. And I'm like, well, let's talk about what's not working in work because that's present in every other area of your life too, right? So when we can energetically shift that one area for you, it's also going to shift in a positive way all of the aspects of yourself because everything is interconnected. So while we might come to talk about something particular, we're coming for so much more than that because we know at a very like unconscious level that if we shifted over here, we shifted everywhere, right? And we get the benefit of everywhere in our life. There's just usually like one thing or one, you know, kind of pain that we're having that seems unbearable that we want to talk about. But this is what is a little bit different when you're dealing in the intuitive quantum realm versus therapy, which is on the mental plane, right? We are talking on the mental plane, which sometimes triggers emotion for us, but we're not going into the quantum realm, which is where literally energy can shift and, and futures can shift and timelines can shift instantaneously. Wow. There's a saying that's, or it's not a saying, but it's a question that we ask ourselves when we're trained in these personal development seminars, but it's saying uh, like when you show up in a specific way, like where else in your life is this showing up? Like if someone gets mad or if they get sad or whatever's being activated for them, if someone's even late, it's like, where else are you not showing up for yourself in your life? Like it, it is very much all connected and we are the creators of our own reality, which is so cool to know. I wish I would have known this when I was younger and I'm only just now getting super interested in it. So with, with therapy being in the mental realm, the mental plane and intuitive healing being emotional, would you recommend doing them side by side in order to kind of have like the full spectrum of growth? Or would you say like one is kind of before and after? Um, it doesn't really matter. It's whatever people feel called to. Like some people um, feel like therapy feels safe, right? For a period of time. And I've had a lot of people come and tell me that they've gotten to a certain point in therapy where there's just certain things they're not breaking through or it feels like, you know what I mean? They're just like, they've talked about something for a long time and, and it feels like there's something more they need to understand or get to really change an area of your their life. And that's a, that's a great time where I think people naturally feel called to what else is out there that can help me with this or help me see deeper. Um, people certainly do, um, you know, at the same time, I always say that I think we feel called to things in the right time, right? So, you know, there are certain, um, 
ways of healing. And maybe someone feels like, you know, I just really want to start in therapy. And then they get to a point and they go, something else is calling me forward. And I always tell people, listen to that because that is your higher consciousness that's going to send you looking, right? Send you seeking to find that next level or that next answer. And that's really what you know, growth is, is like consistently looking at how can I deepen my knowledge and my awareness so that I can understand myself more and understand the world more. Right. I, I, as you were saying that, I just immediately thought of, I was having this drive where I was having a lot of thoughts that I wasn't good enough for this job that I was headed to. And I am in Vermont right now in a rental car and I was going to the meeting and thinking like, I'm not good enough for this. Like, I'm scared. This is going to be awful. Like, I'm going to fail. And then right in front of me pulls in the first car that I ever had, which is a Hyundai Santa Fe in gold. And it was like, oh my, I instantly started crying. And I looked up to the sky and I was like, this is awesome. Because it was almost like a reminder of like how far I had come. It was 10 years ago when I had that car, before I moved to LA, before I started doing anything. And I, it was just such a beautiful moment. Uh, and I think that this has been happening a lot when I've been quarantining here for two weeks because uh, there's uh, one song that's very personal to me and to my growth. And I have only heard it one time. And I was in a Walgreens getting something for this job, again, thinking that I'm not good enough. And it starts playing on the speaker in this Walgreens in Vermont. And I just looked up and stared at the, at the intercom and I was like crying and like accepting it. And like a guy, a guy came into that aisle to like get something and he saw me crying and just like went to the next dial. <laughs> but like that, it, that has to be something, right? Like those have to be some oh, sort of sign. It's definitely. And they were saying like, when you were talking about the car, they were saying like, what came through was like, remember who you really are right? Like, remember that even when you just began and you were driving that car, you were enough, right? You were everything you needed to be always in your life to do all of this. And that whatever comes, like, see, I have full body goosebumps and goosebumps on my cheeks, which then I know like spirit, right? Saying like, whatever comes that don't think of it like, oh, well, now I've been doing this for so long and now I have this opportunity. They're basically saying who you were back when you drove that car was everything you'll ever need, right? Mm. Yes, you're a human being, but, and you'll grow and you'll, you know, learn different stuff, but like remembering that as enough and everything else is like, you know, just a cherry on the cake of your life experience. And so you can always reconnect right? With yourself in the moments where maybe you feel nervous. And again, nervous is just, I'm stepping outside of my comfort box, right? I'm going somewhere I haven't gone before. And so I feel these feelings, these sensations in my body. Um, and then you just ground more into the moment. Like this is who I am, right? I was built for this. I was made for this. And that's what alignment is, is like, you're living your life blueprint. You're doing what you came here to do, And that feels so good. And that will continue to bring in new opportunities for you to do that life blueprint. Like we all choose to come here and have certain experiences that teach our soul. And we all choose to come and and give a gift, right? No matter what we do, give a gift to humanity. And when we're living that fully, we feel really good. And we will continue to bring in more opportunities to do that, you know, in a bigger way. Right. What are some other ways that 
you or anyone that's listening could see that the spirits are here to help them or to remind them of things that maybe they're forgotten or in my case like taking me out of my spiral <laughs> essentially like I know that I've read about um like lighting like when lights are flickering um full body chills like what are some other things that you can acknowledge that a spirit is around to help you so one of the things like, um, like I, I post a lot on Instagram about angel numbers. I have a highlight on it, um, through number symbols, like our, our world is really based on geometry, sacred geometry and numbers, right? Like we're almost programmed. Like if you think a computer is programmed by ones and zeros, we are programmed in similar ways, right? And we run software, which is our belief system and our life experience. And so you can, literally attuned to a frequency where you start to see number codes, right? It's just one example. These, I call them angel numbers. And over the years of people following me on Instagram, like, because I post them so often, people have resonated to that frequency. So if we see something enough, we're going to align to it, right? Because mm -hmm. that's how energy works. And so then people start messaging me and showing me all the number signs they're seeing. And each of the numbers means different things. So if you're curious, you can look at the highlight. Um, but, but when we see those things, it's spirit talking to us, right? It's saying, it's giving us specific messages. You can also receive messages with nature. So things like butterflies and hummingbirds and dragonflies and, you know, certain animals, like sometimes I convene with nature quite a bit and with numbers quite a bit. Um, I also get full body chills and cheek goosebumps, I call them, um, when spirit talks to me. But but I will be out in nature often and see an animal that is, it shouldn't even be in this place. It's not its natural habitat. And so when that happens, I'm like, oh, there's symbolism. Like you can look up spirit animals and you can find out the symbolism of animals. And so really the universe is always talking to us in subtleties. It's just, again, we're so caught up on the mental plane and we're so busy that we miss the subtleties. And so physical sensations, chills, definitely um, nature, like even you can see different things in clouds. You could see different things in plants, um, animals for sure, number signs. There's so many different ways to receive, just like you heard that song, right? A song coming on. Like, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but this happens all the time too on my phone is that it will naturally just turn on and a song will come up on iTunes music or whatever. And it will be like, it will, the title of the song will be a sign for either a client of mine or something that's going on in my life. And so sometimes people have that. And I've actually had a couple of clients say that they've had the same thing happen. They're like, this song came up, which, what does it mean? And, and so you can tune in to all of this and start receiving more of it. So the more you interact with it and the more you notice it, the more it cements itself like into your reality. And so I always say like, you don't have to watch TV or anything like that anymore <laughs> once you tune into the song because it's literally like everything is so exciting, right? I was just going to say that it's like all entertainment. Like how much more fun would life be also to live just to be looking out for something really great? I remember reading this book, I think called it's E3. Have you heard of, of this book? I, I haven't read that, no. It's called E3, or it's the cover of it. Maybe it's called something about like law of attraction. Um, but 
there's one exercise in it that was saying like, continue to tell yourself and believe it with every fiber in your body that something great is going to happen to you. And so it was like, okay, cool. I can only, it was like, do it for 48 hours straight. And by the end of the 48 hours, something will have happened. Write it down here. And it's like, okay, book, let me go try this. And then I did it. And I was like, oh, oh it was like that you're going to get a gift. Believe that you're going to get a gift at some point in these 48 hours. And I kept telling myself that. And I, like everywhere I'd drive, I'd be like, all right, waiting for my gift. Is it time for my gift? Is my gift coming? And then first of all, there's two parts to this, is that everything started to be more beautiful. Because I was like, is that my gift? Oh my God, that's a beautiful thing. Oh, is that my gift? And like everything was so nice to look at and to receive. And like I was smiling more. And, and that's probably like me actually raising my frequency. And then after I was living with a roommate for five years, and We've had some tension that was never really brought up. And then at the end, it was like maybe hour 45, we had this talk that was so good for our relationship. And she was like coming with all this vulnerability. And we were able to talk about our relationship in a way that we've never had done before. And I didn't even register that as the gift until I was back at my book writing. And I was like, oh my God, this was really big in our relationship. That was my gift. But I, it, I didn't even register it because I thought everything was my gift. It's 100% true. Like the details, when you stop and notice the details, everything is magical. Everything is extraordinary. When you look at a leaf and you see the pattern in the leaf, right? That is literally sacred geometry. You're like, hello, this just grows out of nowhere. Like this is a miracle, right? I mean, there's, there's so much information in the subtleties and in the details, that, that most people are missing. And when you start tuning into that, and again, the way to start doing that is just starting to interact with some of the things we're talking about, right? Like just starting to play around with it. Like, like a lot of people, when they start seeing the numbers, they'll start seeing the clock at 11, 11 or one eleven, right? right? And they'll start seeing that. And then it parlays into like, when I, like, if I leave my house and I drive somewhere for 30 minutes, I see like 10 to 12 different license plates with number signs, like 444, 333, like 555, like everywhere I go. Even funny story, one day I was like thinking I was kind of being cheeky and I'm driving and I saw all these number signs and I'm like, why are the numbers always, like I said this to myself, why are the numbers always the last three in the license plate? Yes. Right? So I yes, said that to myself, why right. are the numbers always the last three? literally a second later, this car cuts me off. Like almost, <laughs> I almost get in an accident. And of course his nut license plate is five, five, five. And it's the first three numbers. Wow. Like spirits, like we can do whatever we want. Right. Like right. we'll just put a car right in front of you. That is different. That right. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was that. like laughing. I'm like, okay, touche, touche. I get it. What, what, um, what does 555 resonate with or what does 555 mean? 555 is about change, right? It's about change in your life, right? Changing the way you're thinking. change your mind. Yeah. Change the way you're thinking, right? They're like, girlfriend, you got to change your mind. (laughs) So yeah, I'm constantly laughing at like some of the, the messages that I'm getting and, and just the intuitive insights and the guidance. Like, I mean, there is such a sense of humor a lot of times to it, but it's always along the lines of, like, I'm always walking away with, oh, I was, I was thinking smaller than that. Right. Like I, I was thinking like, oh, 
there's no way that a car could come and cut me off the second after I think that and have that, like, how's that even possible? Right? So it's just, I'm always being taught through my clients and through my own life that we are limited in our, in the way we see ourselves and the way we see the world. And the more you expand, 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 the funner it gets, the funner, and the more fun it gets. And the, totally. I used to say funner when I was little all the time, the more fun it gets <laughs> and the more exciting it gets. And the more you start to be able to literally create your own version of heaven on earth. Like, what is it that you want and how do you bring that to life in this three-dimensional reality? And it becomes like a playground, right? It's meant to be fun. I was We're just meant- going to say that. Yeah. I was just going to use the exact same word as a playground because it's you truly having the most fun and things that were daunting or boring before are now gifts, exciting. It also brings you into the present for anyone that's like me, so wrapped up in our minds. I like to think I'm in my emotions, but I'm in my mind almost always, even in trying to verbalize my emotions. I'm trying to pick like the smartest words to use. You know, it's why are we doing that? I'm like overcompensating for feeling because I, I just don't know all my feelings yet. But how beautiful is it that once you're attuned to all these things and once you start training yourself to look at them, then everything that you look at is a gift or a sign and it just starts to be so much more fun you're absolutely right i'm like so i'm like pumped talking to you to go out in the world and just look for things yeah like, it's so present i know right like if you know like okay i'm going to go to walgreens like what am i going to see today right like what license plates what music's going to be playing i mean anything and everything becomes fun and becomes joyous. And imagine when you bring that energy to even the most mundane tasks, like just what happens in your life from that alone, like the expansion that's possible from that. I mean, I think sometimes we think that it has to be all these things and all this work to change our lives. And really one really powerful concept or shift literally changes the game right? So imagine then you have five shifts. I mean, it's exponential what happens in your life when you start like really embracing. Yeah. My last question before we get to a a quick game is obviously about dating. There's a lot of people call into the podcast asking about dating and relationships. So my main question, and this can, this can go in so many different ways, but how do, if people, this is for people that are single, I think, because we've already talked about a little bit, if you are in a space with somebody else and you write about it in your book that, that people should definitely get, I'm ordering it ASAP after we get off of this Zoom call. But if people are single and they want to attract or find or connect with people on the same, maybe not the same energetic frequency, but the frequency that they want to be at, Um, Maybe they keep on finding the wrong people in their lives, or maybe it's just like it never really works out for one reason or another. How do people find the right person for the frequency that they want to be at? You become what you want to find. So by law, again, of, of quantum energetics, like we, if we keep attracting something into our life. So a lot of times people will say, I keep attracting the same type of men or men that do this to me or women that do this to me. Like there's patterning. If you look at the people that you've dated, you will see certain patterns. Like sometimes it's just even how they physically look. Sometimes it's patterns in behavior. Like you want to go and look at those patterns because those patterns are like a gold mine of information. 
right? Mm, they they are types. Yes. They are teaching you something about yourself, right? So, so for instance, let's say somebody has had people that have cheated on them, right? Like they've been in multiple relationships and they've been cheated on multiple times. Then you're going to want to look at where within yourself betrayal exists, right? Where do you betray yourself? Where have other people have betrayed you? right? You want to also look at your caregivers. Was there any type of infidelity with your caregivers? Was there infidelity, you know what I mean, around you growing up, like so that you would normalize, you know, that behavior as something that just is, meaning you don't even think about it because you just witnessed it. Um, These are some of the areas where you ask the deeper questions. and, And sometimes the way that people are betraying themselves is they are handing over their energy for love, meaning I'm meeting this person. I, I'm going to give up myself to love them because I need their love so much. And they're literally like collapsing their energy on top of somebody else. And they might be an amazing person. I mean, this is like, you know, incredible people are going through this and they don't realize they're doing this. They're collapsing their energy on the other person. And the other person is feeling the weight of that energy and need right? And that person has their own story and reasons, but it causes them to do something to betray the person that's collapsed on them to just get air, right? Because if I, if I, if I do something, this is all subconscious. If I do something to make this person mad, then they will back their energy off of me and I can breathe again. Right. So, so these are just, this is one example, but I could go into literally an hour on so many examples of what we do in relationship um, and how to look at where is the dissonance in our energy that's attracting it. Cause you want to think like you have this movie screen of your life, right? There's this reality you're watching on a movie screen called your life and Mm -hmm. everything that steps into your life is either coming to teach you something or is attracted to your energy as an energetic match in some way for you, right? And so when we know this, we stop going, oh, this person was a jerk and he couldn't be this for me or she couldn't be that for me. Instead, we start going, huh, why is this stepping into my reality? Like, what do I need to see about myself, right? Or learn how to heal within me so that my beacon of light does not attract this into my reality. And that's really the benefit of healing. And I, there's nothing wrong with healing while in relationship or healing together in relationship. But for people that are single, it's so beautiful to go on your own healing journey with some of these things and then purely be able to attract somebody at a higher vibrational frequency because you are at a higher vibrational frequency and to enter into relationship on a really positive healed note. Yeah. So when with dating apps, since you can't really see or feel each other's energy through pixels, do you, do your clients find that they, when they're on dating apps, they find the wrong people because it's, there's nothing to go off of, or is that not um, excluded from the energetic field? So most people, it's a great question. So most people, there are people that are completely on a mental plane, meaning I'm looking at the picture, I'm reading the description or whatever it is. And this person fits my boxes, right? That I want to check in relationship. Therefore, nothing is like happening other than this mental box checking situation until you meet the person. So that's one. 
But other, most other people are having some sort of energetic like connection, right? Like you see a, per, a picture of a person on a dating app and you're like, ooh, I feel drawn to that person, right? And sometimes in the description, it doesn't fit your boxes, but you're just like, ooh, there's an attraction, right? Like yeah. I can feel I'm gonna like this person. Um, if you're feeling that, then there's that energetic connection that's happening, even though it's just pixels in a picture, like you're having, cause energy transcends everything. You're having that connection that there's something here for me, right? There's something here to learn. There's something here, you know, there's some attraction. Um, and usually it's not a bad thing to just see that through because again, sometimes like we think it always needs to end up in this amazing love story, but sometimes we're just meant to learn something that will have us end up in an amazing love story, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just needed to get a piece of knowledge from a person. You know how they say a reason, a season, or a lifetime, like right. relationships, right? Sometimes people are just a reason. Like you were meant to learn this from this person and, and that person wasn't in your life for very long, but thank you for the lesson because that ultimately takes you to the better relationship. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I feel so much better about my life. <laughs> just talking <laughs> to you. I'm like, cool. I have all this homework to do. I have like a mental to-do list of being like, okay, write down every relationship I've had, go back and reverse engineer what I'm attracting. Like I'm, I'm ready to do the work. Um, I love okay. it. Before we end and um, tell everyone where they can find you, we're going to do a quick game that we call tip jar. It's three, you have three words only of advice. So people send us one word suggestions and you'll give one piece of advice using three words. So the example that I always give is if the suggestion was Los Angeles, then the three words um, that I would say would be check parking signs. It's just like a <laughs> quick little, uh, like half sentence, I guess. I love um, it. Okay, so okay. We have four of them for you. And the first one is growth. What are the three words of advice you have for growth? Go within daily. Love it. Love the daily part too, because I feel like we've had people, they're not usually the same, but we've had people say like, go within or like answers are inside, but it's like daily. That's really important every single day. I love it. Okay. The next one is emotions. Feel them fully. Very good. The third is trauma. It's not yours. Chills everywhere. Is this spirit? Yeah. <laughs> or is that just like beautifully yes. said? <laughs> yes. That was beautiful. Oh my gosh. I almost want to stop there because it was just like, that was a mic drop moment. And I'm okay. going to stop. <laughs> that was amazing. Shauna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I think people are going to absolutely love hearing from you. But if they want even more, which I know they will, where can they find you and your book and your podcast everywhere on the internet? Yeah, our um, home on the internet is the soul, S-O-U-L frequency.com. Um, you can find the podcast there, which is the soul frequency show also on everywhere that you get podcasts. Um, my book is called the soul frequency, your healthy, awakened and authentic life. And that is available on Amazon. Um, and then I'm on Instagram a lot, which is at the soul frequency where you can check out the angel numbers. Yes. Everyone binge everything she has. This has been such a fun hour. I'm really reinvigorated for life, which is really such a fun feeling to feel. 
If you guys listening have a sticky situation or a burning concern, call us at 805-751-9071. You give us your age and we will do the best we can to give you good advice. But in this episode, I, I think literally take notes and implement immediately because this was a lesson that I will never forget. Thank you so much. See you in two weeks on Just a Tip. Bye. Yay. That was a HeadGum Podcast.